Coming up on today's WAC podcast, we talk Dixie State basketball. We're joined by Steve Johnson, the Associate Athletic Director for Media Relations, and Carrick Sigmiller, the Associate Coordinator for Media Relations and Radio Play-By-Play. We discover what's going on in St. George, Utah with Dixie State basketball. They look to make a big impact their first year in the WAC. That's all ahead on the WAC podcast. Today's episode of the WAC podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. Now here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Rachel V. Hill. Welcome back to the WAC podcast. Eric Danner, Rachel V. Hill in the WAC Digital Network studios in Denver, Colorado. We're talking Dixie State basketball today. We are the brand new team to the WAC, Dixie State out of St. George, Utah. They're transitioning from Division Two to Division One, Rachel, and we've seen this happen over the past five, six years with a couple of schools, Grand Canyon and California Baptist, both had a lot of success right out of the chute in Division One, and Dixie State's going to try to join them in those ranks. And both teams that have played Dixie State in the past few years that, again, will look to, you know, put a beating on them, but we'll see. Yeah, renew the old rivalries. Let's uh, check out our conversation with Steve Johnson, who is the Associate Media Relations Director for Collegiate Licensing at Dixie State. We're now joined by Steve Johnson, the Associate AD for Media Relations and Collegiate Licensing at Dixie State University. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Rachel. It's, it's great to be on with you, and uh, we're excited to be part of the Western Athletic Conference and can't wait to hopefully finally getting on the court or the field and, and uh, show what the Trailblazers can do and what they bring to the conference. Well, welcome to the WAC. Uh, we're excited to have Dixie State in. It's been a couple of years uh, process here, so can't wait to see the uh, Trailblazers out on the court. Now you're new to the WAC, new to Division One, but not entirely new to a lot of schools in the WAC. Can you tell us about uh, some built-in rivalries you might already have with some WAC schools, Steve? Yeah, uh, we're, we're definitely fortunate to be able to join a league that uh, has some familiar names in it, obviously. Uh, obviously with the Utah Valley, Grand Canyon, and California Baptist, uh, uh, our fan bases will, will recognize those names from our past, uh, with Utah Valley being uh, a rival of ours from, from the uh, junior college days, but also in our Division II era with, with Grand Canyon and with California Baptist. So I think that familiarity will benefit all four fan bases, to be honest with you, uh, uh, being able to, uh, to renew acquaintances with those, uh, with those four, uh, three programs. Uh, Utah Valley was a long in-state rival uh, of ours when we were in the junior college in all sports, especially with uh, men's and women's basketball and baseball before UVU made the jump to division one, I, I think it was 2003. And then they, they went on to, uh, to go, go straight into, into, into the whack and, and have had, had really, really good success. And then, you know, we've kept our eye on, on what Grand Canyon California Baptists have done. Uh, they were rivals of ours in the old Pacific West conference when we were all three division two, uh, and we had a lot of good battles between uh, the Antelopes the, uh, and the Lancers. And, and BYU-Hawaii was another big rival of ours in that conference. Uh, then, you know, Grand Canyon obviously went made their move to Division One, And then when, when uh, BYU-Hawaii dropped athletics outright, uh, basically it was like perennially a, a two, two-team race for most of the Pac West Conference championships between us and, and California Baptist. We've had a lot of uh, – uh, Battles on on the basketball court, volleyball court, soccer field, baseball diamond, softball—you name it. It was it was it was it was Trailblazers and Lancers, and uh, we we've kind of kept an eye on what they've done in their first couple of years, and 
and I know we'll talk about that a little bit later, but uh, we're excited to, uh, to join this league and, and to step in right away and renew acquaintances with those three programs. We are very excited to have you all with us now in the conference. For Steve, what matchup are you looking forward to most in the WAC? Oh, let's see. I mean, there's a lot of them. I mean, uh, uh, some of my familiarity, I'm obviously familiar with those three I just mentioned. I knew of Chicago State when I was uh, an SID at Southern Utah University of the Road in Cedar City when they were in the Mid-Continent Conference, now the Summit League. Uh, and then uh, I was kind of looking forward to UMKC or Missouri-Kansas City, uh, but they uh, I knew about them when, when we were in the Mid-Con as well. Uh, for basketball, uh, obviously, uh, seeing what New Mexico State has, has done, I, I, got, I was fortunate enough to see them play in, in 2019 at the NCAA tournament up in Salt Lake and saw that the, you know, how they came within an eyelash of, of knocking off Auburn, who ended up going to the Final Four that year. Um, and, but, you know, knowing having having got to know uh, the administrators at, at both UVU and at California Baptist a lot of familiarity there I know a lot of people that, that work at both institutions uh, we're just looking forward to uh, to uh, you know bring in bring in division one athletics to St. George and uh, we're looking forward to basically getting to know a lot of the a lot of the new schools and as I said earlier, renewing those, those uh, rivalries with CBU and, and, and Grand Canyon UVU. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. There's a lot of brand name coaches on, on for all those sports coming in. And so uh, our fan base is going to be, going to be seeing a great uh, brand of, of athletics across the board when they, when, when the WAC programs come to St. George to compete against us. Talking with Steve Johnson and let's get fans familiar a little bit with your men's basketball program, Steve. And, John Judkins is your head coach. He's been there 16 seasons. So he's seen yes. transition before. He has 285 career wins. And we saw this with Rick Croy a couple years ago at CBU, who stayed on as the coach in their transition to Division I. CBU has been one of the top two or three teams in the league the past couple of years. And it seems like John has a possibly a similar resume in terms of he had a lot of success in Division II before going to Division I here. Absolutely. He, uh, Coach Judkins came, out, Judkins came on board uh, just prior to the start of the 2005-06 season, which was, our, which was our last year as a junior college, and, and uh, uh, stepped in right away, had a success in that one season. Then when we made our move to Division I, uh, you know, it was a tough sledding from the get-go, being able to put a schedule together. There was a lot of road games uh, that, that – uh, that, uh, we, they fought through for through in that first season, but then once we got the the Pacific West Conference, we were able to get home games and, and build up build up uh, our, our competitive resume on that level. He, it, our program has taken off. Um, he's he's he did a great job in getting our program ready for Division Two. Uh, as 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 you as as will be pointed out, as, as fans get to know our program, how many NCAA tournament appearances we've had, how many conference championships we've won, uh, we got to the Sweet 16 one year. Which in Division Two, I mean, everybody looks at the Final Four as as the ultimate uh, uh, diamond uh, to get the, for the tournament play. But the Elite Eight at Division Two is is the is that equivalent. Uh, we were, came within a game one year of getting to the to the Elite Eight. Uh, so we've had we've been lucky enough to have a lot of success uh, here at, at at Dixie State with Coach Judkins, and I mean, right? You talk about his 285 career wins. He's got he's you know he's 14 wins shy of becoming the all-time winningest coach in Utah collegiate basketball history. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about uh, both on men's and the women's side. You're talking with coaches like uh, Dave Rose from BYU, 
Stu Morrill, who WAC fans will remember from, you know, Utah State. Uh, Rick Majerus, when he was coaching at the University of Utah, they were in the WAC. Uh, Ron Abeglin from Weaver State and other legendary coaches, both on the men's and women's side. And, and he's 14 wins away from uh, passing uh, legendary Utah coach Elaine Elliott, women's coach, yeah. who uh, WAC fans may remember from when Utah was in the Western Athletic Conference. She had 583 career wins at her time at Utah. And uh, Coach Judkins, between his time at Snow College and Dixie State, he's 14 wins away from becoming the all-time winningest coach in Utah collegiate basketball history. So, But if you were to ask him, obviously, he would say, that the uh, that that all the all the uh, all the accolades and that go to his assistant coaches and student athletes who basically put him in a position to enjoy that kind of success and we've been very fortunate to have a lot of great student athletes have come through our program that have exceeded both not only on the court but in the classroom um, and and you know, proof is in the pudding with what he has done over over his tenure at Dixie State and we look forward to having that continue as we move on to Division One. Dixie has quite the home court advantage as well, going 135 and 29 at Burns Arena. What makes it such a special place to play for the Trailblazers? Well, we're very fortunate. Uh, we have uh, recruit. I mean, from a recruiting standpoint, we we have one of the best basketball facilities in the state of Utah, and and we're very proud of that. It holds just under 5,000 uh, fans, and uh, during our time of Division Two, we've currently been in the top 10 nationally in overall attendance and an average attendance. In fact, last year, we finished runner-up uh, in, in the entire NCAA Division II level for both home attendance total number and for, for average attendance. We have an, a loyal and a, a, a passionate fan base that follows this team. Our student body, when they, when they get going, uh, at our games, they've been that gives us a fantastic home court advantage with them, and 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 our fans know that that when they come to the Burns Arena for a basketball game, they're going to see the CEO of one of the best programs in the state, and and they're in the we, we play a great brand of basketball, and we're able to use that to our advantage, and, and obviously, 135 wins uh, is is is, uh, is is something to behold, definitely in in terms of of having that home court advantage and. And, uh, you know, we can ask California Baptist and, and, uh, and the Grand Canyon about that a little bit as well from, you know, from or Coach Croy in particular, CBU, uh, since, since uh, he's still he, – he coached at Division II with, with CBU to talk about what kind of an advantage it is to, for us when, they, when the opponents come to play at the Burns Arena. Talking with Steve Johnson uh, about Dixie State University. And uh, last year's team, Steve, went 23-7. and seven would have gone to the NCAA Division II tournament. Four starters come back from that team, but obviously transitioning to Division I, there's probably a fair number of, of incoming players as well. Any idea what that starting five might look like uh, when Dixie State hits the floor for the first time this year? Well, we got a healthy mix. Uh, obviously, we've got nine returning players, and we've got nine newcomers coming in. So we've got 18 players in camp right now. Uh, three or four of the, for the players that we're looking forward to right away to, to, to continue what to do. Obviously, senior forward Hunter Schofield, he broke our single-season scoring record for total points last year on in, in on his way to first-team All-MAC honors. All-MAC all honors. Uh, he averaged 16 points and six rebounds a game, both overall and in conference play. And he's a player that can 
really score anywhere on the court. He can he can he can post up in low block. He has a good mid range game, and he's had he had a couple three pointers for us as well uh, during the season. So he's a great uh, he's got a good mid range touch, and he's he's definitely going to be uh, one of our top players. Senior guard Jason uh, Dason Youngblood uh, can do it all. He can play the point. He can play the two. He's got a great mid mid range jumper, and he can drive to the rim. And he's also a great defender. And he's a great uh, passer, and he can get he can get. He can he can uh, rebound the basketball. He averaged almost close to four and a half rebounds a game, so he's really good. Uh, Frank Stain, a sophomore guard forward, six six, has shooting touch that you can't believe. He's he's arguably our best shooter. He led our team in uh, three point uh, percentage last year, uh, and when he gets going, he gets that touch going. He can he can uh, really light it up. His first he started almost every game for us as a true freshman last year. In fact, his first six games he scored in double figures. Uh, so that just tells you what kind of a talent he is, and we expect him to to even bigger and better things for him as a sophomore this year. Uh, senior forward Jared Green is another uh, guy, six nine kid that that it was a good compliment to Jared in the low post for us. So uh, we got four great uh, returners coming back that saw a significant time and, and started for us, and they're gonna it's it's gonna help us out with some newcomers that uh, that we got coming on um, that that I can talk about as well. That was my next question. All the faces are going to be new faces for WAC fans. However, for Dixie State, who are some new faces that you see making an impact on the court? Well, we got uh, a kid that has a little bit of experience with the WAC, uh, a 6'7 freshman, registered freshman named Trevin uh, Alfrey out of uh, Copper Hills High School. He originally signed at Seattle U last year and, and, and was with uh, the Red Hawks for the first half of the season before transferring uh, to uh, Dixie State. He'll be eligible to play uh, just in time for, for WAC play in January. Uh, we have a 6'9 post player named Mackie Frazier who originally signed uh, out of East High School in Salt Lake with Boise State. He uh, registered that, that one year at Boise State before going to uh, Garden City Community College out of Kansas. Uh, he's a big body. He can post down low. He can face up. He can also shoot the mid-range jumper. And he's got touch from three-point country, so he's going to be able to spread the defense out a little bit for us. Uh, we have a pair of 6'6 six, six wings and freshman Andre Mulebea and Ahmad and Neil, who are athletic as all get out. I mean, I watch these guys in practice, and they get up and down the court. Uh, they can shoot from anywhere, and uh, they get in, they rebound, they defend, and we got these kids for four years, and, and, the, and our fan base is going to love seeing these two, two, uh, two guys play. Uh, we also have a couple of JUCO transfer point guards and Cameron Gooden from Kilgore College out in Texas and Brock Gilbert from Umqua College in Oregon. Both can run the point really well. Both can distribute the basketball. They can penetrate. They can dish out to the wing, and they can score when they need to as well. Uh, one other player that we're hoping we may get to be able to see play this year, but definitely in 21-22, is a guard, Isaiah Pope, who was the California Collegiate Athletic Conference uh, Freshman of the Year uh, for D2 out of California while he was at Humboldt State. And uh, he's got a great shoot and touch. He's 6'6", and he's got a, a, a overall great body and he's athletic. And so for the next few years, we're going to be really fun to watch and hopefully uh, – and. It, when we are on the road, the, the, the fan bases in the, other, in the WAC will be able to see what type of basketball we play and hopefully put on a good show for them. Well, we talked a little bit about CBU and GCU uh, being former rivals of, of Dixie State and the success they had uh, transitioning from Division II to Division One. We saw it just two years ago with CBU. First uh, WAC game they played, they beat New Mexico State. Uh, maybe catching them off guard just because, you know, they didn't know what to expect out of CBU. GCU, similar, had a lot of success uh, right out of the box in uh, the WAC. Is that uh, a model that Dixie can replicate? 
Well, it, it goes without saying that we had our eye on what first what Grand Canyon did when they first uh, made the jump. We we took we we kept an eye on them and and what they did across the board in their programs. Obviously, from a basketball standpoint, what Thunder Dan Marley did with that program, getting them on the map. They got a brand new facility. You were seeing highlights of them on Sports Center. Their 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 student body uh, presence there uh for their home games has been outstanding and they got some national recognition out of that and obviously what can you say about cbu i mean you mentioned their win over new mexico state but we we knew that uh when we saw what their volleyball team did that first weekend that, uh, when they were a division one they went to like mississippi state right. on that term they won four straight games including knocking off mississippi state out of the sec so we knew right there and then that, that they were on to something special in that first season. And you saw what they did, and obviously, you know, some of the things they've done in, in soccer, basketball, baseball, softball, et cetera, et cetera. The Lancers have had, always had a good program. We've always, we've always been competitive with them, and seeing what they what they were able to do uh, uh, it, it was just outstanding and, and gave us the confidence that we may be able to replicate that here. I mean, we look, we look like, you know, and feel like we have a lot of play, pieces here at Dixie State that we'll be able to enjoy that same type of success. I mean, we have a we were fortunate to have, you know, a great group of coaches that, that have been here for a while. They bring in a great, high, great, high caliber student athletes that come here, get the job done in the classroom. They get the job done on the court. Uh, just to talk about what we do in the classroom. I mean, this past year we had a 3.385 cumulative GPA for an entire athletic department. That included football, which uh, it was going to be an FCS independent, but having that, and a, a 3.525 spring GPA across the board for our entire athletic department. So we bring in, we bring in high caliber student athletes that not only compete on the field, on the court, but they compete in the classroom and they excel at what they do. And we just feel like uh, we're, uh, we're, we're, we've got the piece in place that we can step in and, and do what we do, what we can do to, to uh, let the WAC know that the Trailblazers are here and, and that we're ready to compete. But circling back to basketball, I mean, you mentioned New Mexico State. We know that they're the class of the conference. Um, I mean, like I said, I, I saw them up in Salt Lake at, at the NCAA tournament in 2019. I jokingly called Coach after the, the Wednesday open practice session. I said, I, I told Coach Jenkins jokingly, I said, Coach, I just got done watching New Mexico State. And uh, here's what we're going to need to do to be able to compete with these guys in the next two years. And they went out, like I said, they went out and they became within an eyelash of knocking off Auburn. And, uh, and, and uh, so we know what we're, what we're going to get into in this conference and we can't wait to wait to, to, to step up and, and, uh, and perform and, 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 and introduce ourselves uh, to, the, to the rest of the league. Mexico State, absolutely a powerhouse here in the WAC, and we'll look forward to that matchup with Dixie. Steve, thank you so much for hopping on with us. We really appreciate all the information, and we're excited. For the well, thank you. Again, again, we're excited to be a part of the WAC. Can't wait to work with you all, with Commissioner Hurd, uh, Ron, Lockery, Dave, Hope, Chris, everybody else. Uh, you guys have been great to work with over the past year, year and a half, or whatever it's been as we've been getting ready for this for this next step. And uh, I wish we were playing right now with our fall sports, but I know hopefully we'll get that going in, 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 in later in January and, and, and next spring, but we can't wait to uh, make our debut and, uh, and, and be a part of this league. We're very excited to be here and, and we're happy and, and uh, wish everybody else the best of luck and thank you for having us on. Hey, thank you, Steve. And when we come back, we're going to talk women's basketball at Dixie State University with Carrick Sigmiller. You're listening to the WAC Podcast. We would like to thank our sponsors of the WAC podcast, Hercules Tires and Adidas. Now, back to Eric and Rachel. 
We're now talking Dixie State women's basketball with Eric Sigmiller, the assistant coordinator for media relations and radio play-by-play for the Trailblazers. Carrick, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited. First of all, excited to finally have some, some sports to talk about this year with that start date out on the horizon. It's good to have that. And great to be on the WAC, the WAC podcast today. So thanks for having me. Well, Carrick, we're, we're uh, very grateful to have you, and we're looking forward to some action as well. Uh, as you know, the WAC kind of uh, is all over the place uh, in the Western United States and all the way to Chicago and down to Edinburgh, Texas. So we ask each of our guests uh, kind of at the beginning, how are things in your area? So how are things in St. George, Dixie State? Do you have students back on campus? Are student athletes back practicing? What, uh, what's going on there, Dixie? Yeah, th- things are great in St. George. Uh, we're, we're fortunate, at, at least to this point, want to keep my fingers crossed. Uh, you know, the numbers have been lower in terms of the COVID cases and whatnot down in the southwest, you know, portion of the state of Utah. And like I said, we'll keep our fingers crossed. We want to keep it that way so that we can be able to, you know, keep our seasons and help be able to play basketball and, and have our spring seasons a- as well. But yeah, we do, we do have students on campus. Um, there's a variety of options available to them, whether they want to be full-time in class uh, or at home on the computer or a hybrid of the two. You know, some classes, depending on how frequent that class takes place and how many people are in the class, they have to do that hybrid version for, you know, one day you're in class, the next day you're part of the group that is at home. You know, they're live streaming those classes. And so there's a variety of options for them there. Um, but, but it's good for the most part. It's, it's been good. It's still sunny. You know, we may have the pandemic going, but we still have the sunny St. George and we're just starting to get to that time where it's not in the hundreds anymore. And we'll be able to go outside and really enjoy the, the weather outside all the time. But, uh, beautiful St. George excited to have the students back here on campus and, and doing their thing and student athletes in, in team workouts as, as much as they can. It's been fun to hear the ball bouncing and, and, uh, you know, see the players out in their fields of competition. Another question we've asked every university is, what is the testing protocol looking like? Yes, yeah, so the, the, the testing protocol here, and, and, and I hope I don't miss, misspeak, uh, I, I know that they, they've been going, going weekly, sometimes up to three times weekly. Um, I, I know I was tested. Uh, I, I produce a, helped produce a show called Trailblazer Weekly. Um, the, it, we're not obviously weekly right now because we don't have games or anything to talk about, but uh, because of, you know, the proximity that I would have with the student athletes I'm being tested as well and so like I said I I may the frequency I'm not sure but they are being tested at least weekly now the NCAA came out a few weeks ago said November 25th the start date for competition for basketball and everybody was high-fiving but uh, I know a lot of the basketball coaches and administrators at schools suddenly were scrambling because it cut off two weeks of their schedule trying to figure out uh, when they could play games and who they could play against. Any uh, idea what Dixie State's schedule might be looking like women's basketball-wise on November 25th? Yeah, actually, it's it's starting to come together. They, they had a few games scheduled, you know, pre-November 25th with a few NAIA schools. And and to this point, you know, we've got a couple contracts back, and, and they are – they've been able to move those NAIA home games, uh, one on the 25th with – at least as of right now, the way it sits with Life Pacific and NAIA, and then another NAIA in, in St. Catherine. I think that's looking like it's going to be December 9th. Um, but, you know, so they've been able to move those around. There, there's a handful of NAIA teams at home during this non-conference schedule, but some exciting games to look forward to in, in you know, Division One level as well. You've got 
Uh, BYU actually coming down to the Burns Arena from, from Provo. Uh, Air Force, as the schedule stands today, will be here that first week of December as well. We'll have Portland State here in the Burns Arena in St. George as well. And then, and of course, that, that long-awaited trip up to, uh, up to Cedar City and, and Southern Utah in, in December as well. So uh, the women's basketball program has been fortunate to be able to, you know, at this point, not really lose many games. If any, they've been able to shuffle those around. And what's looking like it's going to shape up to be a, a really fun non-conference portion of the schedule as well. Non-conference looking good. Looking at conference, though, with you doing radio play-by-play, I want to know what game are you looking forward to doing most in conference play? I mean, in conference play, um, there's a couple of them. Uh, you know, I've been here. This is my sixth year here full-time. Um, I made the trip with the men's team up to, to Utah Valley a couple of years ago for a, a, an exhibition for both teams. And our men's team hung in that game. You know, they were winning at halftime, actually. It was, it was a fun game there, fun atmosphere. Uh, up in Orem, looking forward to that in-state um, rivalry. Obviously, it's gonna it's fun to have somebody in the in the state of Utah to be able to kind of go back and forth with. Um, we had some some battles with California Baptist when we were both in the Pac West as well. Um, so I'm looking forward to those games, and and I know you know Coach Gustin and his women's team is looking forward to you know they you know they weren't able to to beat Cal Baptist um, before the Cal Baptist left the league. There were some close games, but Looking forward to that chance as well. And then, and then Grand Canyon, you know, they were in the Pac West as well. And, you know, I wasn't full-time at the school yet, but I, you know, was writing for the school newspaper here and covering the basketball teams here at Dixie State when some of those matchups were taking place. And it'll be fun to have, have that uh, kind of conference rivalry back as well. Quick question. Did you attend Dixie then? I did. Yeah, I did attend Dixie State from 2008 to 2012. I got my degree in mass communications. If, if I were a student today, my, my degree would be a media studies degree uh, as that has evolved to this point. But mass communications here at Dixie State. Very nice. An alumni with us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kirk, uh, you know, we look forward to hearing your uh, radio calls on, on the uh, WAC Digital Network. And uh, for fans who aren't familiar with Dixie State women's basketball and Coach J.D. Gustin now in his fifth season, what style of play do the Trailblazers? Are they up and down? Uh, they do they slow it down. What kind of uh, style of player are we going to see from Dixie State this year? Yeah, you know, he Coach Gustin, since he's been here, he, he's been on record saying, "Listen, I, I I want to put a fun product out on the court. I don't want to I don't want to bore anyone. You know, when they come and watch our game, so they you, you can expect to see a team offensively. Well, first it starts on the defensive end. They want to be very defensive minded, and you've seen this uh, approach really start to take shape over the last few seasons as they've got you know, student athletes here that, that, that they have recruited. You know, when Coach Gustin came here, he was hired in May, uh, uh, you know, five years. Uh, this is his fifth season. He was hired in the month of May. And, you know, the team was kind of already put together so that it was late to get his, his squad that he wants. So the last few years, he's been able to build the team as, as he's wanted, wanted it and his assistants want it. And they want to start on the defensive end. You know, it starts defensive-minded, discipline, keeping your assignments. And, and then when that shot goes up, rebounding the ball and then getting up the floor they want to play with pace you know it doesn't necessarily mean that they will score on on the break but they want to look to if they can't they'll pull it out but you know i I wouldn't say they'll slow it down though you're going to see a lot of ball movement uh, a lot of uh getting teammates involved and and sharing the basketball and and being able to create that way so i think you're going to see a style of play that you know is very active defensively and then they'll fly up the court offensively and well if they can score on the break great 
If not, let's get into that half court, but keep the ball moving so that, you know, we can find someone that's open for to find a good shot. Kelsey Stevenson and London Paplica, the two returning starters this year, how do they emerge as leaders? Well, you know, Kesley's a, a four-year senior, first of all, uh, just the second to go through the program with Coach Gustin. Allie Franks uh, was that first to, you know, to come in the same year that Coach Gustin came in and play all four years here. Kesley's the second now to, to do that, and she's been a staple of this program, you know, over these four years and has been contributing um, on both ends since she was a freshman. Uh, offensively, you know, her, her shooting percentages have been hit or miss, but when she's on – she's on. So she's someone that when she's on the floor offensively, regardless of how she's been shooting to that point in the season, you have to keep an eye on her because she'll go off and hit five or six threes on you uh, on any given night. So you have to respect that shot offensively. And then she has emerged as a defensive leader over, you know, her sophomore, but really last year, you know, in the RMAC last year in D2 was, you know, the coaches would say, you know, she didn't win conference defensive player of the year, but if you talk to any of the coaches here, they feel like, Kesley Stevenson was was the best defender in the league. You know, game in and game out was asked to guard, you know, the best player uh, on the opposing team and, and did a heck of a job uh, doing that. So in a very defensive-minded approach that they're taking, they're going to look to Kesley to, to lead that charge. Um, London Pavlika, on the other hand, she's been a player, you know, as a point guard that has come in. She's at, out of Las Vegas. And right from the get-go, this, this is her junior season, but right from the get-go in her freshman year, she came in and was one that, that you were just kind of holding your breath on because you were waiting for another explosive play to happen. She is a very good ball handler, and she can get to the basket with ease and create her own shot. Um, and so it's been, it's been really fun. Like you said, you just anytime she's handling the basketball, you know, look out because the fireworks could happen at, at any time. So that, and that's the type of player that she's, she's been. Um, over this last offseason, she's really been working on the jump shot and has really improved the jumper as well. So it's just another part of her game. You know, she's not just going to try to cross over on you and get to the hole now. She, you know, she can, she's shooting the three a lot better. You know, she's, she's a good jump shooter. And so you just look at the, you know, the top two returners that have been with this program for the last, you know, two, three, four years. And you have leaders on both sides of the ball. Tarek, with uh, just two starters coming back from last year's team, uh, imagine uh, with the transition to Division One, there's going to be a lot of transfers, a lot of new faces in the program. Uh, have you been able to identify any uh, key players, uh, key newcomers who WAC fans should be familiar with? Yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple. You know, we call them the big three, I guess, if you want. One of them, we have three here at Dixie State women's basketball, three Division One transfers, one from Long Beach State, one from Ole Miss, and one from just up the road in, in southern Utah. Uh, Bren Parker from, from Ole Miss, we know that she, she will be uh, redshirting this year. She won't be able to play. But the other two, uh, Shanaja Davison from Long Beach State and uh, Hannah Robbins from Southern Utah, we're, we're waiting on a little bit of a waiver process on, on both of them. Um, if they are able to both get on the court this year, watch out. They're very talented players. Uh, Shanaja Davidson is, Davidson is really good with the basketball, really good scorer led Long Beach State in scoring two out of the three years that, that she was there. Uh, Hannah Robbins is very versatile. She can shoot it. She can stretch it. She's, you know, she's a four or five player down low, but she can shoot it as well. Um, so, you know, waiting on some waivers for them, no guarantee that they will play. But if, if they do, watch out. Those are two players you're going to want to watch out for. Uh, other than that, just three freshmen 
coming in, a true freshman coming in this year, which is kind of a breath of fresh air, actually, as they've been building the program, because there have been years where they've been, you know, four, five, six freshmen on, on the squad, but just three this year. Um, Brooke Vance is one that you're going to want to keep an eye on. She's a freshman uh, out of the state of Utah here that uh, is kind of a four, four, but she can stretch it. She can shoot it as well. And from what I've understand has looked, you know, really good in, in these preseason workouts uh, to this point. Um, you've got a, a couple others. There's uh, uh, Bella Muscaril, a, uh, a freshman out of, you know, let me just check it so I don't say it, Tucson, Arizona. Um, a, a big, a center that is really good down low, and she can shoot. She's got a good jump shot a, as well. So, you know, a, kind of a name to look out there for as well. And then a, a junior college transfer in, in Madam Mooring played two seasons at Snow College and, and, and should be a solid player as well. Carrick, well, thank you so much for all the insight. We look forward to seeing Dixie here in the WAC. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. That is Carrick Sigmiller from Dixie State University. Make sure to join us on Monday when we have Grand Canyon basketball in our preview spotlight. This is the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACSports.com.